Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's Religion Podcast. I'm Damien Thompson. At the end of July, Carl Beach, a malicious serial liar, was sentenced to 18 years in jail for making false allegations of child rape and murder against the former head of the British Army, Lord Bramall, former Prime Minister Sir Edward Heath, former Home Secretary Lord Britton, former Tory MP Harvey Proctor, and the late Labour politician Lord Janner. Beach's lurid tales of a Westminster paedophile sex ring were believed by a gullible Metropolitan Police, which effectively enabled his crimes by setting up a massive investigation, Operation Midland. Labour's deputy leader, Tom Watson, abused parliamentary privilege disgracefully to circulate Beach's lies. You might be wondering, what's this to do with the religion podcast? Two things. First, Cardinal George Pell is now in jail in Australia for paedophile crimes on the basis of the allegations of one man, which many observers find similarly implausible, but which received beach-style backing from the police in the state of Victoria. There's even a direct link between Pell's accusers and the Carl Beach case. Secondly, there's the whiff of a religious witch hunt about the frantic search for victims of a non-existent Westminster sex ring. What's going on? I'm joined by the journalist Catherine Lafferty, who was in court in Newcastle for Carl Beach's trial. And Catherine, I want to ask you first about the Metropolitan Police and the extraordinary scale of their investigation into these preposterous allegations. Well, back in 2014, I think it was, Detective Superintendent Kenny MacDonald of the Met appeared on the news appealing for victims to come forward, fishing if you like, and he described Carl Beach's allegations as credible and true. Operation Midland took 370 witness statements, 1,860 documents were gathered in its database, 1,700 actions were recorded, and 799 exhibits were collected. At any one point, there was a minimum of 20 police personnel working on Operation Midland, and only on Operation Midland, at any one time. And this was at a cost of £2.5 million. That's £2.5 million on a wild goose chase. And it's officially a wild goose chase now. We know for a fact that it was all rubbish. Yes, that's right. Back in 2016, retired High Court judge Sir Richard Henriquez was commissioned to report into the Met's handling of non-recent sex crime allegations. The report has so far only appeared in redacted form, but it excoriated the Met. Since then, however, Sir Richard has gone one further. He has said the Met broke the law. He said that officers obtained search warrants from a district judge by giving false evidence. That's the sort of catastrophic mistake you'd expect never to be made again. But as we speak, Cardinal George Pell is sitting in a jail cell in Australia, forbidden even to say mass, convicted on evidence that strikes many people as full of holes and extremely odd. And they've, we've got to be careful what we say, but they've put their doubts on the record in major 
Australian publications. That's right. And here are a couple of examples. Andrew Bolt, writing in the Australian Herald Sun, said, Carl Beach is a warning to the journalists and police so keen to believe improbable allegations against Cardinal George Pell. Pell has appealed against his conviction for somehow sexually assaulting two 13-year-old boys at once in an open room in a busy cathedral while dressed in two heavy cassocks over his trousers. The many improbabilities of that conviction have been waved away by many commentators. Never mind that one of the 13-year-olds now dead told his mother he hadn't been abused. Never mind the witnesses who testified that Pell, as Archbishop, would never have been unaccompanied just after Mass. It all raises this question. Is there something about paedophilia claims against powerful men that makes people more prone to believe the unbelievable? And Gerard Henderson, writing in The Australian on Saturday, said... Beach's allegation that such high-profile British men would engage in such risky behaviour in the presence of others, hoping never to be detected, was always fanciful. Yet he conned not only police and journalists, but also British Labour MP Tom Watson, who's currently deputy leader of the party. Enter Peter Saunders, the founder of the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. He'll be familiar to Australians who followed the conviction of Cardinal George Pell for historical child sexual abuse. Saunders has appeared on 60 Minutes and ABC TV's 7.30 to discuss the Pell case. He got wide publicity for describing Pell, who he's never met, as a sociopath. It turns out that Saunders assisted Beach in advancing his claims against Heath, Britain and the like. In October 2015, Saunders appeared on a BBC Panorama programme and described Beach as entirely credible. In short, Saunders was convinced that Beach was telling the truth though Henderson points out that Saunders has now changed his mind. Well, rather than comment on Peter Saunders himself, let's look at the organisation he founded, the National Association of People Abused in Childhood, NAPAC. You go to their website or Google them and you'll find definitions of sexual abuse and checklists that remind me strongly of the similar checklists produced by evangelical Christians and left-wing feminist social workers now there's an unlikely alliance for you, to identify something called satanic ritual abuse. This, I'm sure many listeners will remember, was a scare that tore apart families in the late 80s, early 90s. Not one proven case surfaced. I think these latest allegations bear a certain resemblance to satanic ritual abuse. The insistence, the absolute insistence on believing the victims, however implausible their stories. Now, this is tricky territory because, of course, many genuine victims of abuse have not been believed, and that's disgraceful, but their stories tend to be far more believable than those concocted by Carl Beach. So, I'm wondering why a society which no longer believes in religious dogma adopts such a dogmatic and credulous attitude to allegations that stretch credulity. I mean, it's, it's almost as if they're a displacement for religious belief. Well, the allegations certainly stretched credulity. Uh, for instance, Beach claimed that Harvey Proctor wanted to castrate him with a penknife, but that Edward Heath dissuaded him. One of the themes that kept cropping up in the Westminster paedophile hoax was that of the establishment. It created a grotesque caricature based on lies of unspeakably evil child molesting toffs. 
Why might that be? You mentioned displacement. One interesting theory is that it was displaced anger created by economic trauma. Look at the dates of the VIP scare, roughly from 2012 to 2016. That's the tail end of the Great Recession, the term used by economic historians for a period of worldwide economic decline. It could be that what we were witnessing was a bizarre expression of anger directed at the establishment blamed for causing it. Well, that's certainly one theory, but I can't help going back to the almost supernatural claims that were accepted so gullibly. I've already said it reminds me of satanic ritual abuse. But you could go back centuries to the Salem witch trials, perhaps even further than that. These things go in waves. There's a hysteria that quickly burns itself out, but not before terrible damage has been done. Ask Lord Bramall, Harvey Proctor, Lady Britain. I mean, her husband was dying as he was assaulted by these lies. That's right. Uh, It's as if reason had been thrown out of the window. It's frightening to see how liberal rationalism can be abandoned so quickly and how basic principles such as the presumption of innocence can be ignored uh, by the very people who are so quick to rubbish traditional religious belief as irrational. Secularism, liberal rationalism, they're supposed to be about evaluating evidence. But during the Westminster paedophile scare, you were not allowed to do that. If you did talk about scrutinising Carl Beach's claims, you'd be accused of disbelieving or disrespecting victims. Which is very much like being accused of heresy. Yes, yes, it absolutely is. When I was in court during the trial, I saw this shifty, unkempt creature, Carl Beach, who was completely unable to account for the glaring discrepancies in his evidence the way he changed his story all the time. But the police didn't appear to have noticed. They didn't work out that secret emails from victims they were receiving actually came from Carl Beach. They were so desperate for their fishing expedition to succeed that they forgot the basic rules of policing. And social media played a huge role in this, didn't it? A huge role. These stories spread like wildfire across Twitter, like a virus, if you like. It all moved too quickly for politicians and the police, who basically just gave in and turned into true believers. True believers, that's a good description. Social media, you could argue, is all about attention-seeking. And you could say that the police of Operation Midland wanted to be celebrities, didn't they? seems to me that when policemen these days aren't being politically correct nosy parkers, they, they want to be... I don't know, Jane Tennyson from Prime Suspect. Exactly. During the trial, Carl Beach kept on slipping back into his invented character, which was that of a pathetic actor Monquet. And I wondered if some of the police were like that too. Um, Something else. The language of therapy culture was threaded throughout all of this. The police spoke like therapists. I know this is difficult for you, but... Um, Would it help if you wrote this down? Yet it was all such rubbish, obviously borrowed jargon. The police were taking advice from Carl Beach's counsellor. It would have made more sense if the police had been guided by an astrologer. It really was that wacky. So you could say that therapy was elevated into a sort of religion in this as well. Well, if 
that's going to be the shape of religion in the 21st century, then God help us. We're, we're almost back to the Middle Ages. I just hope that those following the Cardinal Pell trial bear some of this in mind. Um, one final thought. The victims of the hoax included Greville Janner, known for his support of Israel, Leon Britton, the Home Secretary during the Thatcher years, uh, a Tory Prime Minister, Edward Heath. These were not fashionable people. There was a sense in which people wanted to believe the worst about their ideological opponents. And so they fell on these stories with glee. They were really excited by them. And in the case of Cardinal Pell, whether or not you think he's innocent, there's no doubt that his ideological opponents have fallen on him like a pack of hounds. Catherine Lefty, thank you very much.